ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Wednesday, March 25th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Well, we're here today live for you until 6 o'clock, and we've got a lot to get into today. We've got a pretty strong list of names to tell you about as the Marshall University Athletics Hall of Fame Committee announcing the 2020 induction class for the Hall of Fame. Now, I kind of joked around with the folks at Marshall earlier today. I said you could have made this a real gigantic event every day, releasing one name, making us wait for every single day to get the entire list. But we've got the complete list, and in alphabetical order by last name, we start with Carla May, who is Marshall basketball from 1982 to 86. And, of course, from Marshall football, Albert McClellan. He was on the football program from 2005 to 2009. I got a great photo of me and um, Albert McClellan at practice. I'm holding the microphone up to him. I remember that day. It was on my birthday, actually. It was a day that it was media day. It was on my birthday and I was off that week, but I went down to practice anyway for the start of practice opening day. And I got a great photo that Dr. Charles G. Bailey over at Marshall University took of me and Albert McClellan. So I've got that framed. It's a beautiful photo. Uh, so he's a guy that I'd love to get back on the program talk to him. Also, Bill No from Swimming. Sam O'Dell from Golf, 1997 to 2000. Definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And you've also got Dave Ramella from baseball from 1976 to 79. You've got Jaleesha Ross, if I'm saying that right, I apologize, from volleyball back in 2004 to 2008. Also, Steve Shulo from football from 1999 to 2002. And Trusty Tallman, football and baseball. Football, 1916 to 19, and then baseball from 1925 to 28. Back in the day. And I did skip over one name on purpose because she's going to be on the program tomorrow with me. Just another excuse for me and Kelly Schmidt to continue our war. Marshall superstar from tennis, Kelly Schmidt, 2005 to 2009. Now, of course, you can go to HerdZone.com, get the complete bio on everybody. I'm not going to read everybody's bio in detail. We would be here all day. But I will say this about Kelly Schmidt. She is Marshall's all-time leader in career combined wins, singles, and doubles with 236. Named Conference USA Player of the Year three times in 2007, 2008, and 2009. She earned Freshman of the Year in 2006. She is a four-time all-conference performer in singles, and she's won doubles championships as well. She won twice the Dr. Dorothy Hicks Award as Marshall's Female Student Athlete of the Year. She's also Marshall's all-time leader in singles wins at 127, single-season victories, 35 in 2007, singles winning percentage, 77.9%, and 
She's second in career double wins with 109. And Kelly was so fun to cover because she just had that personality when she was a coach later on at Marshall as well. Even though she does not like the Baltimore Ravens, she did the Ray Lewis dance. That's just type of hype person she was. And she had a great career at Marshall University, so I've kept up with her over the years. As, uh, we uh, definitely had our, um, our wars, mostly over Pittsburgh and Cincinnati sports. So that's going to come back tomorrow. We're going to probably spend 10 minutes there just alone, just telling each other how terrible their teams are. Of course, she's a Steelers fan. I'm a Bengals fan. The hilarity will continue. We haven't done this in a while. So I'm excited. I'm excited to have her on the program. We're going to try to get some of these folks on as well. But I wanted to highlight her only because she's coming on the program with me tomorrow. But that's a great list. Mike Hamrick, in the release earlier today, was quoted as saying, this class represents some of the finest student athletes in school history. The contributions of these fine men and women are truly appreciated by everyone in the Marshall Athletics family. And so you can read everybody's bio, but we're going to try to get everybody on as many as we can over the next few weeks and months because the ceremony is coming up. Hopefully, we're going to be talking about the ceremony in a few months once we get past everything with the COVID-19 pandemic and we get out of our homes when it's safe and when it's proper. But if you put this group together, you put this group together, I think you do have some of the best student-athletes that you could possibly talk about. I mean, Albert McClellan, we could talk about him for days, and we probably will. And Steve Shulo, we could talk about him for days. We could talk about Kelly Schmidt for days. Sam O'Dell from golf, we could talk about him as well. And the Hall of Fame dinner is still set for September 11th. That's a Friday at 6.30 p.m., so it's still set. Nothing's changed yet. Tickets are $35 and available through the Marshall University Ticket Office at HerdZone.com or by calling 1-800-THE-HERD. Tickets purchased after September 2nd going to be $45. So get your tickets. If you want to go, you want to get involved with this, go to HerdZone.com. Just uh, save yourself the hassle and go do it online. That would be the best way to do it, especially with everything. And, of course, We'll get some folks on from the Hall of Fame here in the weeks and months ahead to talk about this, but I wanted to highlight the list today, especially since there are a few people there that I have some fond memories of. Of course, Kelly being one of them, Albert McClellan being one of them as well, and you can go down the list. I'm sure somebody on this list is your favorite, not necessarily the more recent athletes. We're going to have to go way back. I'm going to have to go way back. I'm going to have to get noted martial historian and Fountain of Knowledge, Woody Woodrum, on this program to talk to me about Trusty Tallman from 1916 and 19 and 1925 to 28. So I'm now going to excuse to bring Woody back on the program. We'll talk about Trusty Tallman. Of course, he's involved with the Hall of Fame Committee as well. So this is going to be a fun few weeks, at least talking about some of these athletes. I'm looking forward to it, especially my conversation with Kelly coming up tomorrow. Now, Let's talk about what happened in sport today. Guess what? Like on cue, Oscar Robinson trophy going to, you guessed it, Obi Toppin. And this is, of course, 
from the U.S. Basketball Writers Association, which I'm a member of, and the Coach of the Year award goes to Anthony Grant. So, again, Dayton, with their fantastic season, with their outstanding year, bringing in some hardware, bringing in some notoriety, and then on cue, it feels like Obi Toppin just waiting for the right moment. With everything going on and with the uncertainty and everything, he declares himself eligible for the 2020 NBA draft. He made a video post on Twitter about it. And so he announces he's going to the NBA. That might be a good move for him. We don't know when we're going to get college basketball and college football back again. And strike while the iron is hot, right? That's probably going to be the best thing for him to strike now. He's top of mind. I don't know where he would be projected, but it's got to be pretty high. And, of course, he's winning all the awards. I just hate that we didn't get to see what Dayton would have done in the NCAA tournament. That's the only thing that's really sad about him is I would have loved to have seen him go through the tournament with the way Dayton was playing and how much potential they had there. They were the be- one of the best teams in the country, and they would have made a run. Maybe they could have won it all. I don't know, but it would have been fun to see. So that's the only bad thing about everything. I mean, I'll get to see him in the NBA, and I'm looking forward to that. He ain't going to the Lakers. He ain't going to the Lakers, but he'll go somewhere. He'll go somewhere, and it'll be fun to watch him. I'm looking forward to that. All right. When we come back from break, we'll talk a little Cincinnati Bengals with you. The Bengals have been busy today. Yes, the Bengals are continuing to work free agency. Can you believe this? The Bengals are working free agency. I don't know what to say. I'm not used to this. This is sort of new to me. It's fun. This NFL free agency thing, I didn't know this could be so fun. So the Bengals are doing more work today. We'll talk to you about that. We'll go over what happened on this day in sport, March 25th. And I've got some more hockey-related stuff with today's date in sport, so we'll talk about that. Also, we're going to look a little more in-depth just for a moment. Take a serious look at what everything is, what, what's happening. I guess the best way to describe it is you got finances that are going to be a real concern. And there's a great report on AL.com about Group of Five revenue losses and expenses due to the coronavirus. It could run close to a million dollars for each school. That's a possibility there. And, of course, athletic directors, coaches are looking into the possibility of the football season, what cancellations and what impact that would have. A great story by Dennis Dodd. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And we will wrap it up today on the show. We will wrap it up with what will probably become a every Wednesday thing. We're going to find out what's on the only live sporting event that's worth watching. That's right. What's going to happen tonight on All Elite Wrestling? That's right. AEW Dynamite tonight live. And let me tell you, it was way better without a crowd than the WWE offering. At least there actually were people in the arena or where they were performing. They actually had some of the wrestlers and performers in the crowd. 
one, practicing social distancing, obviously, but there was still some energy in the ring compared to what I saw at the WWE. So if you're looking for live sports, guess what? There's some tonight. AEW. We'll talk about what's happening tonight on the card when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Wednesday, March 25th edition. The Drive continues on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So the Cincinnati Bengals are at it again. This time they have made, I think, another splash in the free agent market. Now, I'm not used to these free agent moves. I'm not used to the Bengals actually going out and trying to improve their team in free agency. But it seems like they've done it again today because they have picked up former Saints safety Von Bell. He has agreed to a three-year deal with the Bengals and... I think that's going to be an improvement for the Cincinnati Bengals because he's going to upgrade that safety position in Cincinnati. And there's some talk that Sean Williams, he could be playing more linebacker this year. So if you're playing Sean Williams at linebacker and you've got a little bit of an upgrade back there and you've got a former Ohio State Buckeye, that's got to play well with the home crowd. That's got to play well. He is an immediate impact for the Cincinnati Bengals. Started 13 games for the Saints in 2019. He's pretty much been a starter since the Saints drafted him in 2016, second-round draft pick. He tied a career high with 89 tackles this past season, recorded his first interception. His His five pass deflections also career best for him. And I think that's a good move because you're not getting rid of Sean Williams, you're just probably going to move him. You're going to put him somewhere else. Plus, keep this in mind, Sean Williams, this is the final year of his contract. Maybe the culture's changing a little bit at Cincinnati. Maybe you're taking guys who can bring value, and if guys become too expensive or there's not a return on your investment, what do you do? You know, the Patriots have been doing it for years, and nobody seems to have a problem there. You keep a guy until right before he starts to level off and drop, and then you go upgrade the position. It's real simple. That's all you do. And if a guy can play a long time, yeah, he's going to play. And if he can't, or if you're getting to the point where, okay, we can go out and get someone else and spend less money at the same time, get the same or better production, and then we can use that money to go get somebody else or – In the Bengals' case, they're actually spending some money because they haven't really been doing that, to be fair. So the secondary is getting fixed. That's what this says to me. The Bengals are serious about the secondary. They were 29th in total defense, and in pass defense, they were not good. And let me tell you, as a lifelong Bengals fan, I have seen some bad Cincinnati Bengals teams And I have seen some bad performances, and at times I question my own sanity why I'm watching this. This wasn't good football. There were guys out there that just did not play. There were guys out there that it just it bottomed out, and it's going to have to bottom out. To be honest, it's going to have to bottom out so you can tear it apart and rebuild it. That's the key here. You're tearing this thing down, 
and then you're going to rebuild it. And hopefully you're rebuilding it where you can sustain it and you don't have to tear it down and you can play quality football, competitive football, and then instead of just this thing flattening out and going completely to the bottom and you try to rebuild it again, you make smart moves and you've got a consistent good football team that has a shot to make the playoffs and not just make the playoffs, get into the playoffs on a consistent basis, win in the playoffs, make a run. And if you see the Cincinnati Bengals doing that, then things are going to be a lot better. If they're not and they're just placating the fans and making a couple of splashy maneuvers and they go back to business as usual, it's not going to be good. So the Bengals right now have got my attention, especially picking up Von Bell because, again, good free agent move. And I think you've got a situation where you need some depth, and you need to shore up that defense. You're going to probably get some players in the offensive side of the ball to really help, I think, Joe Burrow. I think you're going to find a way to make the offensive side of the ball just as good. But if you're going to maybe focus on the offense and the draft, you're definitely with the number one pick and taking a quarterback. Go out in free agency and shore up that defense. So that's what I'm excited about. I really am excited about the way that the Cincinnati Bengals have been operating in free agency. I hope they continue it. It excites me. And, of course, coming up this fall or whenever, whenever we get back to football, we'll have all the Bengals action right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 with, of course, hopefully a resurgent Cincinnati Bengals football team. And, of course, that's not all. That's not all that's happening for the Cincinnati Bengals. So you get Von Bell, you get him, and you get cornerback LaShawn Sims. Don't forget that. Von Bell was just such a big splash that I really didn't even touch on that, that cornerback LaShawn Sims picked up. So what are you doing? You're trying to make sure that you can go out there and have some depth. I mean, he'll be... I think he'll be a a good addition. I mean, you are really looking at trying to strengthen up that cornerback position. You're trying to strengthen up what the Cincinnati Bengals defense looks like in 2020. You're really trying to revamp all of that. So I like what they're doing, free agency. I've been pretty impressed so far. Again, can't wait for football to come back. I'm going to be watching the NFL draft because when we get to the draft, it's going to be probably one of the most watched drafts ever. Because at that point, we're going to be so starved for something that's live and current and real, not a classic sporting event on tape. We're not going to have that. No, we're going to instead have actual football, the draft, and some form or another will be probably very cathartic for a lot of us once we get to that part. 
And, of course, we'll have that draft. I believe ESPN will be carrying it, and we'll have it for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Okay, when we come back from break, we're going to talk a little bit about the business of sport. How detrimental is all of this going to be with the coronavirus? How detrimental is it going to be to group of five schools? What's the outcome for schools that don't have those television contracts, don't have that war chest, don't have that big budget, big savings? They don't have a lot of money to work with and begin with. What's it going to look like? We're going to talk a little bit about that and speculate when we continue on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Group of Five Revenue, we haven't really talked about that with the coronavirus outbreak we've talked about television packages we've talked about cancellation of the tournament we really haven't dug down into the minutiae and i've got a couple of stories that really do that to talk to you about and we go with group of five revenue loss and i'll listen to the story out of al.com great place to follow college athletics at times and here are some of the issues that are being dealt with because in cla shuts down everything but no tournament. We don't have fall sports to look forward to and worry about just yet, but we've got winter sports that couldn't conclude, and we've got spring sports that are pretty much their season's over. And with NCAA athletics shut down due to the coronavirus, here are some of the issues. You've got eligibility for spring sport athletes, and, of course, you lose, lose, I mean really lose out. There's a cost of missing out on the NCAA men's basketball tournament. So, AL, of course, staying close to home, and I guess this could apply to Conference USA as well, but Sunbelt schools are out anywhere from 200000 to 300000 each after the tournament was canceled. So, Marshall, Conference USA, out some money as well. Now, the cost of giving an additional year of eligibility to spring athletes is going to be about either... 400000 500000 you know, your school may vary. Marshall's cost could be different. So they're looking at a quarter million dollars of revenue distribution losses. They could see higher numbers. And you're also extending eligibility because you're going to have to maybe eat the cost on that. That's going to be the challenge here. And so the NCAA is going to have pretty much a a big situation here because it costs money. You can't just say, hey, here you go. You get your year back, and it's going to cost money no matter how it happens. And some student-athletes might be able to take advantage of that. Some student-athletes might not be able to take advantage of that. Some student-athletes might move on. Obi Toppin, he's moving on. He's done. He's going to the NBA. It's going to be a success story for him. What about that kid that can't or that kid that wants to do it but he can't afford to? Because this isn't necessarily going to be a free ride. you got to re-enroll in school and you've got to go through other processes. Not everybody's on full scholarship. Not everybody's on a full ride. So there's going to be some issues there, and this does cost money, and it's going to be difficult. It's not going to be a happy story for everybody. Hopefully it will be for the kids and the student-athletes that want to come back. Now, 
the big story isn't now. It's going to be later because we don't know how long this is going to last. And despite what the president might think, citing Easter as a great time for us to get out of the house and we're going to be all done with this, a lot of doctors and health officials are saying, look, that's not realistic. And so we don't know how long this is going to be. Could there be a cancellation of the college football season? Because we've got August 29th pretty much as kickoff. Circle that date. That's pretty much launching day for everybody. Now, 72% of America's, 72%, that's a big number. 72% of Americans believing containment of the virus is going to take a few months or longer. 57% say the battle with the coronavirus is going badly. And this is, of course, according to a CBS News poll. And there could be loss at the college football level. And what happens is that's your big revenue generator. For most of these schools and for definitely the Power Five and even for Group of Five schools, Football is your revenue generator. So if you see the cancellation or even a reduction of games in the 2020 college football season, it's going to be worse than March Madness from a revenue standpoint. Basketball is huge. The tournament's huge. But we're talking substantial revenue losses. We're talking substantial job reduction. Let's be honest. We love basketball, but football is the straw that stirs the drink. And without that revenue possibility there, there's going to have to be reductions possibly. There's going to have to be furloughs, layoffs. There's going to have to be a cutback on what you can do, projects. The list goes on and on and on. So there is that possibility that if we go further into the months and weeks, we could be pushing football back. That's going to be a big hit in the pocketbook. Dennis Dodd over CBS Sports done a great job on that story. Check it out over there. But you got to start planning for it now. You can't just sit back and wait and go, okay, we're going to ride this out. You can't do that. You're going to have to figure out what does this mean? What do you have to do? What are the contingency plans? If you've got to reschedule, all of a sudden, do you lose games? Do you have to jettison some games until further down the road? Would you get to the point where you're going to have a shortened season and it's just going to be conference games only? Because that's the only thing that truly you can control because, look, schools are going to have to adjust to a new schedule. And does that mean then you jettison non-conference games and you just take conference games to try to get a shortened season in? Or do you try to reschedule everything? That's the unknown right now, and that's what you got to plan for. And so it's not yet. It's not yet, but it could be. And that means definitely an impact, not just with school revenue as well. All the cottage industries that have built up around college football and all the secondary industries and the tertiary industries, everything. What does game day mean in Huntington? What does game day mean? Well, game day in Huntington means a lot of revenue. You've got people coming in. Game day in any town, college athletics, means a lot of revenue. Depending on the size of the school and the fan base, it's a lot of revenue or it's a little revenue, but still it's revenue. You've got people who come in, people who stay in hotel rooms. You have people who are coming out of town for the first time. Again, 
hotel rooms, services, food, tourism. Somebody who comes into Huntington, a road game, have never been to Huntington, they come in maybe the night before, come in a couple of days, take in what Huntington has to offer. They're spending money in the restaurants. Maybe they're going to do a little shopping. Maybe they're going to take in the area. It's a possibility. All of these things. And, of course, the businesses that are around Jones C. Edwards Stadium, you don't think that they don't love game day? They love game day. They love the packed houses. They love the crowds coming in, getting a meal before the game, coming in after the game, getting a, a meal, a bite to eat, a drink, two drinks, staying the night in a hotel room. Everybody, Uber, Lyft, list goes on and on. Everybody gets a piece of this. And so that's going to be a major impact once we get down to that point where we're sheltered in place. And we have to truly shelter in place now. We have to stay put social distancing, do what is being recommended, or this is going to last longer. So if you're going out and you're doing things unnecessarily, and use common sense, I can't tell you what you need to do when you're out, but if you're not using common sense and we're all just taking this as a big old vacation, some of us are thinking, okay, I'm going to work from home, you know, I've got a lot of free time here, I'm just going to be binging Netflix all the time. I mean, think about it. If you're working from home, you're one of the lucky ones. There are a lot of people who are just home right now. So the quicker that we can get over the hump, the sooner we can get back to going about our daily lives, hopefully with more common sense about us this time. So that's that's the challenge right now. And again, Dennis Dodd over at CBS Sports, good story there. Also, I definitely recommend you going to AL.com, always good stuff there. So for those of you who are stuck in the house and you are social distancing correctly, I've got this week's AEW Wrestling Card, and of course, look also at the day in sports when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan, Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows Paul's the best on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to this Wednesday, March 25th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM. And AM 9:30. So, what happened on this day in sports? I can tell you right now, and a lot of it's going to make me happy because it's hockey related. Can you believe that? We got a lot of hockey stuff that happened on this day in sport. Believe it or not, some of it has to do with my guy Wayne Gretzky. Because on this date, 1982, 1982, Wayne Gretzky becomes the first NHL player to score 200 points in a season. That's right, 200 points. He'd do it three other times in his career. No other player has ever reached 200 points. See, he's the greatest of all time because he busted records all over the place. Not just one record, not just two records. Records all over the place. Most goals. You might catch him in goals, but you might not catch him in assists. You might catch him in assists. You might not catch him in goals. You can't put both together. He did it both. Greatest of all time. 1997, sad day for me and several here in the Kindred Communications building as the Hartford Whalers announced they will move from Connecticut following the 1996-97 season. The team relocated to Raleigh, North Carolina, becoming the Carolina Hurricanes. And, of course, sad day for some of us here. A happy day for Sports Information Director at Marshall University, Jason Corrier, as he is a big Carolina Hurricanes fan. I bet you didn't know that. Now you do. 2011, number one Ohio State losing to Kentucky in the NCAA Tournament Sweet 16. Kentucky's Brandon Knight hits a late game-winning jumper. Five seconds to go. 
number one Ohio State losing in 2011, and that's what happened on this day in sports. Now, what's happening tonight on AEW? All Elite Wrestling Dynamite on, of course, TNT. It's going to be big tonight. Now, if you watched it last week, and if you didn't, first of all, of all the wrestling promotions that are dealing with the COVID-19 distancing, WWE, they're wrestling from the Performance Center, no energy there. I'm in here in an empty studio, no energy sometimes. i got to generate my energy. i got to basically try to find a way to, to make that happen. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. It was just, it felt like practice. Then I watched AEW, and man, it felt like a wrestling show. It did not feel like it was just in some empty arena. It felt like a show. And if you watched it last week, you find out that former WWE star Brody Lee is revealed to be the exalted one from the Dark Order. Also, last week, we had the debut of former WWE star Matt Hardy. And now he's going to be on the show to confront former AEW champion Chris Jericho face-to-face tonight. What that means, I don't know. They should stay six feet away from each other unless they're wrestling. Face-to-face is not good social distancing. And you might be thinking, okay, two old guys going at it tonight, Paul. Really, Chris Jericho, wasn't he Wasn't he in concert a couple years ago? Did he play Planet Fest? Yes, he did play Planet Fest. And now he was the former champion of AEW, and he's facing off against Matt Hardy, who has this bizarre gimmick where he just chops the air and yells, delete. It's crazy. But I'm watching it tonight. They're going to be at uh, Daly's Palace in Jacksonville, Florida. It's going to be a closed set. No fans. However, they did have wrestlers. They had crew there. They had some people. It actually did add a lot of energy to it last week. And so here's what's announced for the show tonight. As I mentioned, you got Brody Lee's in-ring debut. That's right, the Dark Order, the Exalted One. And, of course, they're feuding with SCU. Matt Hardy, Chris Jericho, hopefully practicing safe distancing face-to-face tonight. Then you've got Wardlow against Luchasaurus, and that's going to be a lumberjack match. How's that work? You're trying to pr- practice good social distancing. You're going to have a lumberjack match? Okay, we'll see. Then you got Ch- Chuck Taylor and Trent, best friends, best friends against Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix in a parking lot street fight. That's right. Parking lot street fight. Look for some outside interference, hopefully, from Orange Cassidy. And then you got Cody Rhodes and that stupid neck tattoo. Yes, I'm going to say it right now. Cody Rhodes, that's a stupid neck tattoo. He's going to take on Jimmy Havoc tonight. And then the main event, it's got to be the main event, Kenny Omega. He will defend the AAA Mega Championship against the Spanish god, Sammy Guevara. And, of course, look for the elite to probably have to jump in because with Kenny Omega being a member of the elite and you've got Sammy Guevara, And he's a member of the inner circle. That means Chris Jericho and his crew will run in and interfere. And so the elite will probably have to run in and interfere. And then maybe somebody else will show up tonight. I don't know. But it's all happening tonight on TNT. I should get some residuals for this because that's probably the best promo they've got on radio all day for this. And then we'll recap it. We'll recap it tomorrow. That'll be our segment tomorrow at the end of the show. We'll recap what happened. And hopefully we'll have some surprises because, again, this stuff is way better than the WWE right now. I mean, WrestleMania, they're gonna, that's going to be a tape show. 
that's not WrestleMania. What are you doing, WWE? Just cancel WrestleMania. Just cancel it. You can't stage WrestleMania and have it be a studio show. You can't do that. That's not WrestleMania. It's not. It's Raw. It's SmackDown. It's not even WCW Saturday Night from back in the day. It's not that. It's not Tony Schiavone over in the Superstation standing in the corner in front of like 200, 300 people who come in on a Saturday afternoon on the streets of Atlanta to watch Ric Flair and Tully Blanchard. Now, that's what that is. That's what WWE is doing. Instead, save that. That could be our big thing. We could have some sort of event WrestleMania, when we get back to life, we could have WrestleMania be that thing we all look forward to. But instead, I'm not I'm not even interested. I don't even think I'll watch that for free. But I do have some AEW tonight to keep an eye on, of course. Uh, we got the NFL draft. That's going to be our thing. That's going to be our sign that we're going to be pent up way too long because we're all going to watch that. All right. That's going to do it for this edition. Coming up tomorrow on the program, I'm going to actually have – one of the soon-to-be inducted into the Hall of Fame Marshall University members, Kelly Schmidt, my arch enemy, my nemesis. We're going to talk about her career at Marshall University. Also, we're probably just going to run our mouths at each other about how great our teams are or how great the other team isn't. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. haven't done that in a while with her. You know, Every time the Bengals would play the Steelers and the Bengals would lose, she would text me. Yeah, I haven't forgot about that. We'll talk We'll talk about that tomorrow. That's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here. Wash your damn hands, everybody. Good night. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.